Thank you for applying to the University of Utah's Master of Social Work program. It is a difficult process to select only a limited number of applicants into the program. This means that many good candidates cannot be admitted. I regret to inform you that you were not selected for the 2023 two-year program. This is the Show Up and Stay podcast. I'm your host, Deanne Knighton. We'll start today with a pep talk. This is from poet David White in his book, Consolations. Disappointment is a friend to transformation, a call to both accuracy and generosity in the assessment of ourselves and others, a test of sincerity and a catalyst of resilience. Disappointment is just the initial meeting with the frontier of an evolving life, an invitation to reality, which we expected to be one particular way and turns out to be another. I stopped working back in October because I wanted to put all of my focus into this application process. Then I worked really hard on the application. I worked really hard to temper my expectations, but it's such a massive thing. Like you apply in October for the following year that starts in August. And, you know, when you're a 42 year old person, it kind of makes a big difference being able to get on the train when you want to get on the train. So I just had to kind of act as if it was happening. I had a couple of prerequisite classes that I've paid for that I'm halfway through right now. And I'm kind of just sitting here a little bit stunned. I'm really sad. But I also found myself reaching out to all of the people in my life, looking for them to be outraged on my behalf. That was just like my initial reaction. There was something that was going to feel good about the support of other people being outraged for me so that I could sit here and be sad. Or that I don't have to own the outrage. I can project that outrage that I actually am feeling elsewhere. But I can say right now, I don't don't think it's outrage. I, I think I was looking for that, but ultimately, I'm just really disappointed. I have other options. I have so many options. It's all gonna be okay. But like right now, I'm just, I'm gonna sit in this disappointment. And I appreciate David White. Thank you, David. You're right. Everything you said is right, but I think I'm allowed to be bummed. I've really been enjoying being back in school. It's just felt like a second chance and I've been giving it all I got and just really building up the habits and everything that I would need to be in grad school. I just happened to be sitting here working on another episode when I got that letter. So I thought, why not turn on my microphone? There's no one else at home right now. I'm wondering what other wise people in my life on my bookshelves here that I can go to for wisdom on disappointment. Let's do that. Why not? Ah, yes. I think I found our teacher for today. 
Pema Chodron is an American Buddhist nun. Her work is approachable because she's very open about her own life experiences. Her work is simple, full of wisdom, and comforting. The readings today come from the places that scare you. Let's start with this one. Our patterns are well-established, seductive, and comforting. Just wishing for them to be ventilated isn't enough. Those of us who struggle with this know awareness is the key. Do we see the stories that we're telling ourselves? What are the stories I'm telling myself today as I get this news? The stories I'm telling myself are that I'm sad, that I won't get that experience of going and being on the campus this fall, being in that classroom environment. So I'm sad for what I imagined that missed opportunity is. I have really been ready for a learning environment like this. So I'm disappointed that what that learning environment is going to look like is not this thing that I had built up in my head. It's, it doesn't mean that it's gone, but it's going to have to be something different. I can get there, but this is the stuff I'm working through today. The other stories I'm telling myself have to do with effort and trying. You know, when I first started the online class that I started about six weeks back, the first quiz that I took, I studied really hard and I only got 16 out of 20. And it was this really grounding experience of like, wait, but wait, like I tried. (laughs) I actually tried. And this is still how I did. You know, old DN really held back on effort. Because then I always could save myself the pain of true failure because I could always tell myself, well, it was these other bad decisions I made that that made it so this didn't work out the way I wanted. It was a way of sort of trying to shield myself from pain, but it was very ineffective. That was humbling. I tried and I didn't do as well as I thought I was going to do. And then I did kind of wonder, like, can I do this? I mean, this is an undergraduate class and I'm looking at a master's program and, you know, that could be a whole different thing. But like, as I've been going, I've just been really loving the whole experience so much. It was hard. Uh, I didn't like not feeling good, yet it very quickly just transformed into this really fun experience that I was having. I really felt like I was growing and developing and that felt really good. And I also really loved the content I was studying. So the classes I've taken this semester just have felt very in line with where I want to spend my time honing my skill set and my knowledge. I've really wondered why I have been so certain that this was the path that I needed to go on. And a big piece of what it was for me was that I felt like it would give me the credibility that I needed to do the things I needed to do. Sometimes we find that we like our thoughts so much that we don't want to let them go. Watching our internal movie is a lot more entertaining than bringing our mind back to home. 
There's no doubt that our fantasy world can be very juicy and seductive. Coming back to the present moment takes effort, but the effort is very light. The instruction is to touch and go. We touch thoughts by acknowledging them as thinking, and then we let them go. When it comes to this program, quit my job back in the fall, and I hadn't even actually quite applied for the program yet. I was struggling with asking my references. I don't know. I just really suck at asking for help. And I feel always like a burden. And so it was a really big challenge for me. I will say I knew going in that I am light on hands-on experience working with underserved populations. I knew that going in, I kind of did drag my feet. But then what happened was something just flipped and I was like, no, I'm really going to do this. I mean, I had to do a lot to get that application ready just because I am definitely a non-traditional applicant. I was really proud of the outcome. In fact, you know, I probably should read the letter I wrote to the program on the podcast. You actually might enjoy hearing that. So I really held back from like getting overly excited because I knew there was a chance it wouldn't work out. But then my references started to come together. My confidence level just shot up because I, I really felt like I had it. That's probably my first miss right there. But it was this tricky situation, right? Because in a way, it's like, what do I take on when I don't know the outcome of this? I won't know the outcome of this for another four months. How do I survive in this liminal space, this in-between space between now and then? And the other, I think, irony is that all of it seemed kind of ambiguous until I got into these classes back at the beginning of January. And then it just really started feeling good. And I started getting more and more excited. And I started looking at the coursework that I would be doing in the master's program. It just all felt really exciting. I knew that that was a chance, but I will tell you that I really did feel strongly that I was getting in. And that overconfidence is probably a big piece of the puzzle with all of this. I should have had some other backup plans in the works. I'm not always good at that. I'm pretty focused on the thing that I'm doing. And I also really wanted to put some time into this podcast or I was doing that and trying to use this time to really explore my interests in a way that I didn't know, you know, when I would have that opportunity again. That's a lot of explanation to say that I really tried. The story I'm telling myself about that, though, actually feels pretty good because I did try and I really did the best that I could do. I, I'm not sitting here feeling like I half-assed anything because that would probably make all of this feel a lot worse. I just went and ate all of the kids' leftover Starburst from their Valentine's candy. And I totally feel better. No, I do not feel better. It was a conscious choice, sort of. Pema teaches us about three habitual methods that human beings use to relate to laziness or troubling emotions. They are attacking, indulging, and ignoring. The feudal strategy of attacking is particularly popular. When we see our laziness, we condemn ourselves. 
We criticize ourselves, shame ourselves for indulging in comfort or pitying ourselves or not getting out of bed if indulging is equally common. As she says it, we may be haunted by self-doubt and feelings of inadequacy, but we talk ourselves into condoning our behavior. The last strategy of ignoring is also effective, at least in the short run, disassociation, spacing out, going numb. The story I'm telling myself is that I'm letting people down. Uh, I have a nine-year-old in my life who was very excited about me being back in school and knows that I have been anxiously awaiting the outcome of this application. And I will tell her tonight, and it will all be okay. It'll probably be better than okay. Because it's such a big life thing to feel disappointment. I feel some sense of letting my mom down. I'm always really careful to not get too excited about anything. (laughs) Because I don't want to get my mom too excited about anything. Because I don't want her to have to feel the the pain or the disappointment of whatever doesn't work out for me. Of course, just in the last month, I was sharing how much I was loving school and how excited I was about everything. So I'm telling myself stories about that and what that means to other people in my life. And that is, I know, not reflective of what is actually true. You go back to the four agreements conversation that I had with Nate and we were talking about, you're not that special. You're not that special. And like you are, these are people that I am special to and that I have a close relationship with. And yes, they might feel some disappointment, but they'll feel disappointed for me, but their lives go on. (laughs) They'll be okay. I think sometimes I project my disappointment through other figures in my life because it feels safer than just accepting that it's my own disappointment, which is what this really is. The other story I'm telling myself is about time, my perceived lack of time. What I see is a minimal amount of working years left that, you know, was already going to be delayed a couple of years. But then it's like, but I've got to do something with this, ultimately, for all of that time and money and energy to be worthwhile. You know, and so it's this balance of how much effort I'm putting into getting the education when maybe there are paths to be able to do the work I want to do in some capacity much more quickly, which requires having a little bit more confidence in myself and being less reliant on feeling like that education lends to my credibility. I won't have that to lean on. I would have to lean kind of solely on what I know about myself and my own self-belief, which does feel scary and always kind of has. Me reading this letter probably contains some element of feeling like, if I read this to you right now, You will think to yourself, how could they possibly not have wanted this girl in their program? This is probably me seeking some validation for that. I don't know. I'm a human being. 
So yeah, my first thought is how could they possibly not want more people wanting to do this type of work, working as a clinical therapist, especially like in the recovery space? It is just impossible for me to imagine that there are enough people wanting to do that, especially non-traditional people like me that have a certain amount of lived experience that can bring that credibility to the therapeutic process, which you know, I know in my case was extremely valuable for me to work with therapists that I felt like had some life on them. It it feels warmer. It feels less shame generating that way. And so I think I really relied on that idea that that, that was a common thought. And so it seemed like it just seemed like a no-brainer. But the reality is, is they have a limited number of spots. And this may not be anything else than just how they needed to line up the program to best serve the needs in the community. My application could have been stronger. Maybe that would have made a difference. Maybe it wouldn't have. I won't know. I won't know. And I really think I can be okay with this. You know, I'm a couple hours in to processing the news. And I may hit some bumps in my thoughts about this as the evening goes on. But like for right now, I can be okay. You know, I'm okay. Anxiety, heartbreak, and tenderness mark the in-between state. It's the kind of place we usually want to avoid. The challenge is to stay in the middle rather than buy into struggle and complaint. The challenge is to let it soften us rather than make us more rigid and afraid. Becoming intimate with the queasy feeling of being in the middle of nowhere only makes our hearts more tender. So it's been about a week since I received the letter and shared those initial thoughts with you. I did record myself reading the letter that I wrote to the program, but I'm opting not to read it. I'm hoping that this is symbolic of a sign of growth, but who knows, really, right? It just doesn't feel right to read it. It really isn't the point. Sure. I'm in between as it relates to what I'm going to do next professionally. But something that feels really beautiful about this experience this past week is that I have balance in my life and that I'm not in the in-between in other areas. So I can call on the strength of that to kind of put all of this into perspective for me. I've loved having that and I've loved using this experience to be able to recognize that. Thank you, Pema, for lending your teachings to me this last week. And thanks to all of you for listening. Be well. To donate, please follow the link in the show notes or visit our website at showupandstay.org. If you're interested in collaboration or being a guest on the show, please send an email to info at showupandstay.org. Original music created and produced by the wickedly talented Katie Hare. <laughs>